0: Hello everyone and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer-Demurri, and today I'm joined by... Your personal mind <laughs> fiend, Keon boozer Oh
1: no! Cameron, Cameron stopped mid-sentence because he saw me getting closer and <laughs> closer bad, to the mic.
0: The bad ASMR was coming, I could <laughs> tell. Yeah. So... Sweet brother of mine, we have recently seen quite an interesting movie. A movie that I teased about in a previous episode, but yeah, yeah, saw but,
1: it. Sorry, by the way, yeah, Keon Buzar-Jamari, your personal mind fiend.
0: Thank you for that late, late intro. So, for those of you listening at home, we just saw Spider-Man out of office. It,
1: yes, I, oh, I hate you. AFK, Spider-Man, Spider-Man AFK. Spider-Man
0: <laughs> AFK, Spider-Man now he's gone, mm-hmm. Spider-Man the snapping. <laughs>
1: dude they they okay so spoilers everybody just it's so you so understand many spoilers spoilers, and hopefully this won't come out too close yeah, to the this movie this is
0: a three two one countdown to give you time to get off okay three two one if you're still listening you're here for the spoilers and all
1: the Loch Ness monster was spider-man the whole time i knew it you took some
0: you're like people should have figured it out his <laughs> neck is too long <laughs> His neck like, so is, is like he's got the body of a man, the yeah. head of a man, the neck of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you mentioned the snapping, and like they did a great job talking about it. Like yeah. not only talking about how it's kind of like horrific, but also making it really
0: funny. This Here's what bothers me about the snapping is if half of all people in the world disappeared, that means there's another group of one superhero with a bunch of really close friends, will they, won't they, that didn't get snapped away. <laughs> that's the only way they could have resolved what happened at the start of that movie
1: oh yeah and i i just love the moment where
0: everybody's playing basketball and like the the (laughs) band just reappears it's such a good job like that's the fact that they started the movie with
1: the memoriam
0: the quintessential i am a high school student with adobe like not even Adobe. Yeah, what not is not that, Premiere. That was like, like Windows Movie Maker. Movie maker yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like every <laughs> single effect that they have, like <laughs> the, the green screen doves. Yeah, is so and good. Like the fade out transitions, and mm-hmm. then the tile transition, and then the spark flying across the screen. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Okay, okay. Enough fun. Mm-hmm. Time to talk about <laughs> something fun. serious. Mm-hmm. This movie. And we're going to try and avoid, like, major spoilers about the overall plot. Yes. But there's yeah. one thing in this movie that I think sets a obnoxious double standard across the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, like, this Captain America, Spider-Man, people on Earth dealing with, like, how do you have people exist in, I guess you'd think of it like a police state. Like, yeah. they have... It's implied in across them that like Tony Stark mm-hmm. has always had access to like every computer on the planet. Yes, because he's just super hacker boy.
1: They play off ethical violations pretty funny.
0: Yeah, in this movie. Yeah, no, they're literally a scene where Spider-Man almost accidentally kills one of his classmates mm-hmm. because he just misspeaks a little bit because mm-hmm. you know typical teenage which, angst which by the way if you want an empathizable villain it's that
1: like that older asian gentleman that like the the <laughs> because like okay all your friends get snapped away and you have a crush on a girl that's like 3 grades ahead of you and then they reappear she's still there and you're like man i'm going to be i'm going to be with her and then the guy that is technically also into her is pr- probably a male escort, probably other things. It's like, let me expose him. Let me white knight, which first of all, he shouldn't oh my be God. white knighting. Hold
0: the heck up. You just like threw so much stuff at them with no context. What he means is that in the movie, yeah. there is a character that before the snappening, since mm-hmm. the snappening happens and then there's a five-year gap and then yes. everyone comes back.
1: Which also, why was he still in high school in five years?
0: I think the point was like they, that's like a joint middle school, high school. So like oh, those kids, okay. that's the point. Is that like, there's like oh, some okay. little snot nose sixth grader that everyone makes fun of. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kids grow up in high school and like, oh mm-hmm. man, now he's real rips. Now he has a deeper voice. Now he's really into, I don't know, yeah, cars and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's just into, like, so, like, people... He's a big buff boy. Yeah, he's he's living his life, he's figuring himself out, and now MJ comes back, Yeah, and now he, they're the perfect age mm-hmm. that he would be... It, it makes sense that he would want to hit on her and date her of, and of such be a, into her. Of
1: such a terrible situation, it works out very well for this young man, and he's... In the prime of his life, and he's like, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go make this happen." This is—if this was a rom-com, he would be the protagonist, and then get the rug pulled out from under him mm-hmm. by this dorkalicious couple.
0: But what's what's in that one space? The one like obvious upsetting thing is that yeah, he didn't know he was going up against Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah,
1: but by the, by the way, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. This if, is important. If you didn't know. Uh, here's
0: a big spoiler for you. You need to stick around after the oh. for the end credit scene. Which is oh, it's so good. For this episode, what I actually want to focus on is a previous movie in the MCU yeah. hinted at something that happens in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go back to Captain America Winter Soldier, HYDRA's big, hilarious, dumb plan, which we've made fun of on this podcast, oh, yeah. is building three helicarriers to kill everyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that is their great plan to enslave human. There's no logical reason that that would be a viable plan. Mm-hmm. And trust me, if you would like to listen to this, please go back, check out our helicarrier hijinks episode because that was like the entire conversation. was yeah. just us ragging on this plan. But in this movie, there is this wacky double standard where Tony Stark is now dead and mm-hmm. he gives Peter Parker basically the keys to the digital kingdom he's created yeah. where he literally can access any phone on the planet, get data on anyone on the planet, you pull up and mess with anyone's data if he wants to. And mm-hmm. worst of all, he has in orbit bunch of satellites Mm -hmm. that are stuffed full of lethal drones that can easily then at one point almost do take out specific targets on the planet which is absolutely frightening like not only is the fact
1: that like that was that that's basically the entire plan for the bad guys but also the fact that like they, it's terrifying in a dark, black mirror sort of way If you think about it But it's hilarious in the
0: movie Because it's in the hands of a 16 year old silly boy So a little recap of Hydra's plan Is yeah. that they want to build these satellites That can basically just take out whoever they want To mm-hmm. make sure no one can ever question them Yeah and when shoulder and when they, And when they're doing it It mm-hmm. is understood to be a very bad thing That mm-hmm. undermines our democracy and freedom And all those things But Tony Stark just went ahead and did that anyway Yeah holy <laughs> sh- so when tony stark gets to do it all of a sudden it's like the future and we trust you and it's oh it's like the entire point of the movie is to say that like you can build a technology that you think is great it goes back to the same argument from ultron which is Mm -hmm. tony keeps thinking he can build these technologies that he thinks are keeping the world safe or giving the good guys access to stuff but Mm -hmm. the thing is any technology is just a technology. It is neither good nor bad. Mm-hmm, it is the people who use it. And in this movie, we get to see exactly the flip side of this. Instead of a team of bad people building a technology that is dangerous and questionable, we get to see good guys build a technology that bad guys then use for dangerous, questionable things.
1: Oh yeah, and and they just they just need the keys of the kingdom, and they are given it through their convoluted plan.
0: Yeah, and I do enjoy that the like magic MacGuffin device is just a pair of sunglasses.
1: Yes, that was so good. I mean, people had a lot of theories about that, like coming into the uh, the, sh- the movie. I had
0: no and, theories about any sunglasses.
1: Oh yeah, no. Well, they're in the trailer, and people were just like, "Well, what?" There's a really good webcomic out there that like he puts them on, and then like Tony's voice comes up and he says, "Hey, kid," and it's like, "Oh no, that's that's, that's that's so cute." But, but this
0: is like this is a it's a kind of thing we see across the entire MCU, which is there's always, at least when we're dealing with people, because mm-hmm. humans in the MCU are understood to just be technomancers. Yeah. Who can just make whatever magic technology we feel like creating. Mm-hmm. They are always able to come up with this new fantastic technology that in almost every movie, someone comes and takes it and uses it for bad stuff. The first Iron Man, he creates the Iron Man armor and claims that he's going to use it for good, but he's fundamentally just created another weapon that obadiah uses for bad Mm -hmm. we fast forward to all of the captain america movies basically have to do with this the first one is there is this cosmic cube that it itself doesn't do anything special but red skull wants to use it for bad stuff and captain america wants to use it for good stuff and there's every time you see this dynamic play out there's two things that come to mind one is who gets to call it bad or good Mm -hmm. and the second is are we really getting the full picture from the side of the people we're following?
1: That's what I love about this movie is it pulls one of those, uh, like how Ant-Man had the one guy like talking about a situation and then it happens and Mm -hmm. like they're using his voice to Mm -hmm. like speak. It's the same way that like you zoom in on these certain people and then you find that they've been in the background of the entire like MCU universe getting shat on by the rich people. And now they're like taking that back which inherently isn't a bad thing, but they're doing it through nefarious purposes. They feel like they've been wronged. And... The one thing I didn't, like, I understand that, like, from a producing perspective, like, you, ha- you can't be, like, he's not that empathizable of a villain. Mm-hmm. He has to be megalomaniacal in some way. But that alone was great, that, like, he and his team made a really good technology. And you talk they, about w- Mysterio on here. Yes, right? sorry. So Mysterio played by Jake Gyllenhaal slash uh, something, Quinn Beck, oh, I think yeah, it was. Quinn Beck. Beck. He, his, and his character in the comics, I was really curious how they were going to do his character because in the comics he's like a visual effects artist and he becomes a villain slash his whole thing is that he like manipulates people into thinking that they're, that what he's doing is supernatural when in reality it's smoke and mirrors. They did that perfectly in this movie and it's a factor of the fact that he and his team are all really smart people. that got fired in like but quote unquote, betrayed professionally by Tony Stark as well as just the entire infrastructure of Marvel, like the Marvel mm-hmm. companies. And now they're trying to get back at it and saying, like, well, we put together this technology, it should be used in the way that we see fit. So t- basically, the proletariat, like, dismantling, yeah, so it's <laughs>
0: seizing the means of production of like missile production.
1: Exactly. And so, and I love they even said, like, no longer will it be in the hands of a, uh, I think, like, bougie, boozy toddler or something yeah. like that, they said, which was great. Like, it's understandable that when you put so much work into this, you want to have some control over it, as well as you need to make sure that your uh, workers feel like, uh, what am I it's They feel respected. Exactly. Like,
0: big important part of any team effort is oh, the yeah. team. Yeah. Like, no... As much as we like to think it, no great achievement was ever done by one person in the history of human existence. And
1: by the way, everyone listening, please take a moment to remember, like, think of Tony Stark. He's super cool in the movies, but think of any boss you've ever had that you put a lot of work in and then you get like a snarky reaction back instead of a thank, good job. Like, Mm -hmm. I could picture Tony Stark being like, you put together this crazy, amazing, uh, uh, holographic technology, and then he's just like, oh, cool, I can put porn on this, or something ridiculous, instead of being like, wow, this is an amazing feat, thank you so much for your work.
0: It literally takes him dying for, for Peter Parker to get a single iota of, like, real, emotional, thank you, I, I believe in you. Yeah, anything, and it comes either through happy or from a piece of paper.
1: Yeah, well, he he gives him a hug during. Imagine that. Imagine someone <laughs> that like the hug is the one thing. I
0: imagine that would be the most awkward hug.
1: Well, no, he did. Remember, you remember that. Yeah, in, but it still game.
0: would probably feel like the most yeah. awkward hug.
1: Like even you can tell on Peter Peter's face, like this is nice in an awkward way, where <laughs> it's just like I didn't think I'd get any affection from any Actually, father figure take in my life. To
0: appreciate his perspective because he was just snapped out of existence he's now been snapped back into existence about 30 minutes later his idol is now dead Mm -hmm. and trying to give him the most awkward hug
1: yeah and on top of that i mean like just i'm i I, like they didn't have enough time to go into that but just imagine that that like that was Uh, the situation he went into and now everybody's saying you're the like they literally said in the first like act the very first like 10 minutes you're are you the new iron man like that's a lot to put on a 16 year old which Mm -hmm. is like the crux of the movie but like fantastic, such a good, it's really well written, I know I'm the screenwriting guy, but like, just incredible, and they, they do it so well, because Mysterio, and he is a, uh, Spider-Man villain, but also the fact that like, he can now create all of these illusions that you don't know what's real, you don't know what's fake, and all these psychological, like, horrors, and he does do it at one point, and you don't know what's real, you don't know what's not, to the point where like, he not only has had, he has to shoulder this giant burden, but also now he's basically being mentally bullied by this random dude. So d- genius within itself, like the screenwriting.
0: As you can tell, this is slowly turning into the Marvel fanboy episode. I've been
1: it's, wanting to talk about this mm. since we got to the theater. I literally, like, <laughs> so... Uh, our, our your 30 ner- minutes. Your neural nutritionist, I was talking to her after the thing, oh, just yeah, like jumping up like and say down. Say hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she like, I was just like, I really want to talk about this stupid movie. And she's like, okay, can we get the hot dogs for the cookout? I'm like, okay, I will. But like, it's so, oh, so good. So, but anyway, like that also brings up the fact that like all of this amazing technology, is part of this ridiculous plan that cr- the crux of it. So we have Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's working with all of these disgruntled employees that put together this technology. They know how it interfaces with everything. They know how it works.
0: They literally know it the best of anyone. They know it better than Tony Stark yeah. knew it because Tony Stark just was the guy in yeah. charge. He doesn't and the guy building.
1: It. They just need root access. They just need the Linux root access. Like they need to know the password keys to the kingdom. They finally get it and it's like nothing happened because they know exactly how everything works. It's mm-hmm. perfect. And within that, we also have the technology of the drones. Do you want to
0: talk about how ridiculous that technology is? So I have many, 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 many qualms about the drones. Okay. I I was trying to kind of like stay away from the big tech points, but here's the like beats of why the drones themselves upset me as a technology. Yeah. It's because they use guns. (laughs) <laughs> it feels like anytime Tony Stark or any of the Avengers, and I'm including Black Widow in this, have yeah. to use bullets or missiles. Mm-hmm. And I realize that War Machine is literally just bullets and missiles to the guy. <laughs> but that is the one big beef I have is that Tony Stark is this guy who prided himself on creating all these amazing technologies that halfway through his life he decided we're going to better mankind and no longer be used to harm it. Mm-hmm. Then he is built several orbiting satellites stuffed full of literally hundreds of automated drones, each of which have Gatling guns and rocket launchers attached to them. That seemed like the biggest insult to his legacy that those even existed.
1: Yeah, and also that like... He just shoots out beams from the punch dimension. Like that's basically what all superheroes like that have laser eyes or any of that. They Yeah. Lasers that come from that. Yeah. They portals to the punch punch dimension. dimension. So I don't under, like, that was one thing that while we were watching it is just like, well, that would be even more haunting for like Spider-Man to be bullied by like little drones that are little little Iron Mm Men. Like, ugh, that'd be terrible. As well as like, there is a really great part where he's like being pushed down by the, uh, drones that have kind of repulsor technology. And that's like, if that was his actual repulsor beam, not only, first of all, that would be hard to show visually on screen. Mm-hmm. They'd have to be really small beams. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, like, what if that's what they were? They weren't bullets. They were just really oh tiny repulsor. But anyway, like, that would be really powerful in the writing. But, I, like, I understand why they had to do it. It's just really, uh, yeah, like, dissonant to, like, mm-hmm. the entire ethos of, uh, of Iron Man to have these bullet-ridden, uh, riddled... Uh, robots. But also there was another thing you wanted to, that I remember you mentioning about the physics of them.
0: There's something in the movie that these sophisticated drones mm-hmm. are able to do. So, they do literally everything. They mm-hmm. shoot bullets. They shoot yeah. lasers. They mm-hmm. shoot missiles. They shoot pulse waves. They shoot lightning. They yeah. can crash through anything without taking damage. But apparently if they get hit by a mace or any blunt force mm-hmm. object, then they will break. Yeah. And biggest of all, they can manipulate light so that they can turn invisible and so they can also basically make illusions. Mm-hmm. That's the whole Mysterio point, is that they're using this exact technology to create mysterious illusions. Yeah, But there is no, like, this isn't like your Star Trek holograms where there's like hard light or anything going on. This is, in any illusion, it's just light. Yeah. And so if Spider-Man really wanted to be able to see through the illusion, all he has to do is manipulate with how those drones are producing light. And Mm -hmm. he builds himself his own suit in the middle of the movie. But basically, what you just need is like a very powerful flashlight Mm -hmm. to be able to shine through the entire environment. Because what's happening is the light entering your eye, the light that you are seeing for Mm -hmm. the illusion, is basically very deliberate light that is focused at your eye. Mm -hmm. If there's light that isn't as focused, if you have light bouncing from random sources that are also getting into your eye. And this is why I also have a big gripe with this, is like they suddenly magically make the drones block out light outside. yeah, And that light is able to somehow, like the light from the literal sun is somehow not bright enough to get in through the illusions that these drones are casting on Mm -hmm, mm Spider-Man. It it seems like logically, Spider-Man should have been able to just create a light source that would interfere with the light to the point where, like, maybe you would still see the illusion, but you have this clear glow from the environment of where actual things are. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I thought they
1: were going in some sort of direction with that, like, physics-wise, but it's understandable that, like, it's a comic book Yeah, it's better to
0: milk the spider-sense angle than it is to (laughs) actually use this like incredible nitpicky physics thing because people know what spider sense is and not everyone cares as much about photon physics mm-hmm. as I do.
1: And on top of that, like the illusion also gets rid of some sound. Blocking out sound waves to make like very specific sounds be triggered in the head is crazy.
0: I actually find that easier to believe because really? if you have enough drones spinning around, mm-hmm. there's there's actually sound dampening technology. There's mm-hmm. technology that you can emit sound waves what? at a canceling frequency to existing sound waves. That would mute it. Like you could be standing in a busy park. And as long as you have a device that can produce a field Mm -hmm. local to you that emits sound waves that would cancel out whatever sound waves are coming at you you would actually be able to stand in relative silence oh my in the middle of the spark. That's freaky. Or with a, like, mild hum. Well, now I learned something. Jeez, man. Yeah, so that part I actually found to be the easiest to believe. Although, let's be fair, if there are a bunch of whirling drones around you, at the very yeah. least you're going to feel the wind from it. Yeah, yeah. There's so many little bits there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, getting back to the entire topic, that, like all of this about the drones is really interesting that like these drones aren't like retrofitted with any new technology. They are created by Tony at the end of the day that have like holographic technology Mm -hmm. guns, repulsor technology um like crazy uh part of image detection
0: nonsense peacekeeping initiative which is another great thing because think of what ultron was Mm -hmm. ultron was the like probably gen version five yeah i'm gonna say tony who definitely probably had a few cracks at this before ultron Mm -hmm. but ultron was the version five of building a system that could stop bad people from hurting us all Mm -hmm. exactly and that lays into the double standard of Mm -hmm. It's one thing when the overt bad guy of the movies yeah. is trying to do the bad guy stuff. And we're like, oh, he's bad. So everything he does is evil. But now they're really trying to make you think like, wrestle with this idea. The guy that everyone has idolized and understood to be the hero who saved us from the snappening and saved <laughs> us from Thanos trying to redo the snappening. mm mm-hmm was also the same flawed individual. And Happy brings us up in the movie. Like, yeah. Even Tony Stark wasn't good enough to be Tony Stark. Yeah. Because he was just doing what he thought was best mm-hmm. when he probably knew full well that even with his best intentions, this was going to end poorly.
1: Exactly. And he, yeah, he says that he second-guessed himself all the time and all these things and that he wanted Peter to be better. And then we have, man, just the best montage of him like, basically slipping into the Tony Stark shoes. Mm-hmm. And it uh, and he gloves into the hologram, man. Oh, man. That that the hurt tingles. to watch. I, I, I don't tear up much during movies, but that was one of those moments where I'm just like, oh, he's actually gone, and now this is the new one. Like, mm-hmm. wow. And it was completely unintentional. Just very good. So, I mean... I mean, kudos to Tom Holland. He knows how to act. Yeah, holy moly. That was r- really great. Like, really great. And um, I'm just... Uh, like, the movie within itself really ridiculous double standard where it comes to like oh well we're just gonna we'll, we'll put everything back to the way it was in the world but also over the past five years when do you think he created these drones cause like
0: he yeah that was no small feat and even with his like okay here's the other thing Tony Stark was actively, like, in Iron Man 3, he had 40-something-odd super suits flying around doing stuff. In the Age of Ultron, he has all those super suits flying around doing stuff. Mm -hmm. He has a plethora of robot suits flying around all the time, forever, doing stuff that are not even part of that system Mm -hmm. that have existed since, we can assume, at the very least, Iron Man 1 to 3, most of that stuff existed.
1: You know what I just realized? I think... Both of the, I mean, like, uh, Iron Man 3 was about disgruntled, like, ex-employees of Mm -hmm. Tony. Or at least, like, ex-professional friends. Mm -hmm. But I just realized, so was technically Iron Man 2. But I realized that, like, the first first Spider-Man movie was about that. Was about, like, technology getting in the hands of the everyman. People Mm -hmm. that have been, like, kind of betrayed by the government Mm -hmm. and society. Like, their working relationships. And then this movie was the same, honestly. That it had that moment of, like... Please take care of your, everyone, please take care of your employees. Well, actually,
0: I really got to say, like, I, I don't appreciate how hand wavy they get us to this final state. But this is kind of mm-hmm. like the closing thought I want to go out on. Okay. Was this big idea around technology is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. And how this actually speaks to something I've been loving about the MCU lately, which is they've been giving us villains that aren't villains, no. They're ideas. Yeah. So, like, if we step back to Black Panther, this was, again, there's Wakandan technology of vibranium. And the villain isn't actually Killmonger, it's systemic racism and systemic Mm -hmm. subjugation of people who are not born as fortunate as you. Mm -hmm. And so Killmonger, he himself technically, like if you were in his shoes, you wouldn't think of yourself as evil. You'd think of yourself as a liberator Mm -hmm. who is using this technology that you are certain these people in power have been using to oppress your people Mm -hmm. to take back control. The same thing is happening in the Spider-Man movies. The people who want this technology, who are getting paid to clean up messes they made, are getting to stomp on the little guy, which is completely relatable. Like, people who see Toomes' character, the um, Michael Keaton character... In Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, who plays Vulture. Like, they totally... I I totally sympathize with the idea of someone takes credit for my hard work when I'm just trying to make a living in my life. And so, of course, I'm going to find a way to take care of my family. Yeah. But also, nothing about the technology he's created is inherently evil. His actions... He probably himself doesn't think they're inherently evil. It's mm-hmm, yeah. just what he thinks is necessary to live a life that is, in his eyes, fair. Yeah. And that comes back to this one.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's and I really appreciate that Marvel has been pushing in that direction. And their standout movies do that. Like, I mean, most people don't really remember uh, Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange and Ant-Man because those ones kind of don't technically have to do with those ideas. Yeah, they just have
0: a villain. They're yeah, They're just exactly. a guy who's being a big butt.
1: Yeah, and the biggest ones like Ant-Man and, uh, I mean, technically Black Panther a little bit, like have their... Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy from uh, Cosmonaut Picture Show or Cosmo, Cosmonaut Variety Hour. He's He has some really good YouTube videos, but he calls them uh, a big gray uh like i'm trying to remember he calls them basically like the opposing character that's like mm-hmm. you have the character you turn their suit gray and that's the bad guy and yeah so, mega flash e- reverse exactly. flash reverse yeah. flash so like, yeah like bizarro superman right? Yeah, those kind of things where it's just like that's just a really uninspired like villain
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it only becomes an issue in black panther at the very end when it's just a big old fight between two people but, but that's
0: a, that's a point though Is like yeah it's a big old fight that forces the main character to actually, like, change. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like,
1: narratively. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that, like, the actual set piece, the, yeah, the fight no, it's itself it's obnoxious to
0: see two CGI yeah. suits that mm-hmm. are just half there, half not there. Yeah,
1: and it works really well against, like, Spider-Man is able to do that, like, the opposite of that, because they've had a really good rogues gallery of, like, a lot of really interesting people, at least six of them, the mm-hmm. sinister six, mm-hmm. that in those actually are rotating. So they have, like craven the hunter dude and like a bunch of other random people that like it's we're getting there we have some really cool villains that they can play around with and i think mysterio was probably the best one so far Mm -hmm. because like that not only did the last Uh, movie
0: still like michael keaton the most just because he's so relatable
1: yes but i mean like as a uh, a a character that can like kind of go against spider-man one that has directly opposing powers mysterio really worked for this Mm -hmm. movie and Mm -hmm. it's Fantastic. So we got a little bit away from the uh, the the kind of double standard thing. No,
0: I think we, the important thing is we're talking about how they're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As much as they like to come back to this technology and these powers, like the double standard goes all the way to the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of Tony Stark took an action that Thanos took in the mm-hmm. first movie that we all hated. But when Tony destroys, fortunately, a faceless CGI army and some minions, we don't bat an eye. We're like, this is great. Yeah, exactly. But there's no, like, there is always a flip side. Mm -hmm. And understanding that flip side, like, it's just so crucial to why I think this movie, even with its double standard, really sold it. Yeah. Because the double standard wasn't just that Tony Stark now gets to build a super global killing apparatus. No, it's saying, like, he shouldn't have done that, and this is exactly why. Exactly, yeah.
1: And by the way, if you guys want to, kind of read about like a double standard type narrative, please go look up the book, the last Ringbearer. bearer. It's about the entire uh, plot of Lord of the Rings from the perspective of the, uh, like the orcs and all of that and how they're kind of just living their lives and that they have, be- they've kind of been drawn into this big old thing that's bigger than themselves and they're trying to like liberate them.
0: It's very good. And with that in mind, we hope you enjoyed the episode. I mean, if you made it this far, we're sure you did. So make sure to go take this episode to your closest friends get them to listen to it, get them to share it with their friends And, uh, Keon, you got anything you want to go out on?
1: Please go to your local library and learn about double standards. Yes. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I would love to plug, uh, the podcast that I'm on, uh, Why a Podcast It's a little silly thing, my own podcast, Life Advice with Keon. And you can find me on Instagram at Print3DLLC and my, uh, KeonBoozard.cinema. That's my, KeonBoozard.cinema is for my cinematic stuff. Print3DLLC is all my 3D printing stuff.
0: How about you, big guy? You can find me on all social media at CBoozard, that's at C-B-O-O-Z-N-Zebra-A-R. And you can find all of our stuff at Small Stuff Show, our website smallstuff.show. And, man, we're just always out there making – we're trying to start making more YouTube videos and stuff. But we're definitely just always looking for new ways to get out there and share whatever we can with you guys. And also, every week when we post an episode, we also have an episode out on our subreddit. So if you want to go there and leave a comment because you don't feel like creating a Twitter or an Instagram or whatever – please do go check it out because it's super easy to make a Reddit account. Dang, you made a subreddit? Oh, uh, We have a subreddit, our <gasps> small stuff show. Yo, okay, yeah, I got to check that out. That's awesome. Anyway, I'm your personal brain trainer reminding you from movies to media to the world around us It's details like these that make it worth... S- sweat, small st- stuff. Sweating the small <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
1: Your personal mind fiend, Keon, but that's not good. That's not a (laughs) gravely enough.